0: Perception is strong, and sight weak. In strategy, it is important to see distant things as if they were close, and to take a distant view of close things. Miyamoto Musashi. What's going on, guys? Episode 10 of the Battle Axe Podcast. It's me, your host, MDLP, with my famously handsome co-host, John. Say hello. Hey, guys. I'm just beaming from the compliments. Uh, it's a good thing we don't have a live camera. Total blush. Um, like always, I always want to start off by saying thank you to people who support us. Bearded Villains 305 to my family. And now I would like to say to BV Worldwide as we get support, comments, DMs, reposts from all over the world. Bearded Villains is a worldwide organization that helps out their local community. I always say this, but now it's not it's not a local thing, Johnny. We're getting comments thanks to the 305 chapter and support people buying Battle Axe shirts, reposting our podcast, Puerto Rico, Massachusetts, even the Netherlands. It's incredible. So I think that's really badass. So shout out to them and the family. Absolutely. Number two for sure. Power Rack, Power Rack strength, my sponsor Brian Carroll, my guys Paulo Need, my teammates. Uh, big shout out to those guys again. Sponsors to me, but also teammates that have changed my life in many many ways. Battle Axe the clan. Thank you so much, guys. Again, a lot of these things couldn't be possible without them. So um, I just want to always shout out to my fam and my friends. And, of course, we're drinking Bang Energy today. So apparently they saw me in my tights, and uh, (laughs) I'm the next uh, Buscemi. So big deal, guys. Just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But have you seen them from the back? Have you seen these in my red (laughs) pants? Um, So last time we had an episode, nine, we had an episode with Q&A, and uh, it went really, really well. And I think that it's important... um, to kind of keep that going live. I think, John, you had mentioned about keep going. You have some great questions yourself, and we got incredible feedback from the community. So we're going to end this episode with that, with some live Q&A. We're going to go live on on our phone like we always do, and, again, we say that on the podcast just to give shout-out to everybody. But what we wanted to change up is that we wanted to stay kind of in in the idea of current events, Um, bring up subjects that are happening right now, what we think about it, because it affects us. I think there's a little to no action, just on the social media stream on what's happening. And I think it's kind of cool to bring a perspective, or at least our perspective, shit, that's why you're listening, on what, what matters most. Agreed. Wow. Man, I am, I'm a little stuffy in the nose. When you hear me breathing. This thing just picks up my fucking thoughts. <laughs> I hope this not last time I saw so far away. Now motherfuckers going to hear me breathing every two seconds. I'm actually 250 pounds right now. I'm fat, so. Um,
1: 250 pounds is... Peak athleticism. Uh, Clearly. I got winded from sitting down. They don't understand who I am. (laughs) But did you see the sit, though? (laughs) That form.
0: Did you see that form? Um, So I I think we're going to get started with something that me and John have been talking about. I think it's pretty, pretty evident um, with Larry Wheels coming into Strongman. Excellent.
1: Yeah. So I thought that Larry Wheels, the subject matter, was really, really interesting. And, and, And for... A number of reasons but I think I'm gonna break it down like this I think the way to ask this for you is Larry wheels give us why he's good for strongman and then give us the negatives and then we'll because it's good to start good we'll go good and then you can tell us the negatives of why
0: yeah and uh, again I'm gonna start off like most things I don't know Larry wheels personally I've met him once very respectful guy quiet to himself incredible athlete um from what i've seen so again this is my opinion based of what my love is for the sport not defining larry wheels as a person and I don't, I don't say that because of legal matters and bullshit like that it's because i don't know so what my opinion is is based on what i feel is good for the sport of strongman where i think i have an opinion and that's what i'm gonna do so as far as the good that i think larry wheels starting to dive into strongman is obviously the exposure um, any kind of exposure, at least for a sport that needs it, like strongman, is pretty good. I'm not the guy that says good exposure is the same as bad exposure. I don't believe in that. I think that if you're building some sort of legacy or sport, it, you don't need, you don't necessarily need negative exposure. That you'd rather have good exposure. The great thing is that Larry Wills has a great following. He's a, a phenom, honestly, just a phen- phenomenal athlete. Relatively respectful guy and doesn't get in trouble. Doesn't start issues, not much of a fighter. Does his own thing. Open about how he trains and his drug use and things like that. So I think it can bring a lot of those powerlifting fans and that kind of concept to Strongman, which is great. I mean, the same concept happened when CrossFit started doing Strongman. And Mm -hmm. there's going to be the blue collar guys that don't want anybody else and everything like that. But the exposure is good. The athleticism and bringing somebody else who's open-minded to it, again, is great. Obviously, going to train with Thor is pretty cool. It makes great social media videos and everything. But I'll be honest with you, um, for the good, there's an equivalent amount of things that I'm, I don't know if to say bad, but certainly concerned about. And what are the reasons behind this, really? Like, is this a social media gamble? Is this for fucking views and likes? It's just it's like, oh, well, you know, I've done everything I needed with powerlifting, so I'm just going to do man because it's cool. And mm-hmm. I just know that if you make me clean a log... I being the way that I look and that I lift, that I'm going to get more followers, I'm going to get more sponsors. And I don't know that, obviously. I don't know what his true incentives are, but I've known the game long enough to know that if he was really going to train strong men, yeah, I guess you can go train with Thor, but you can also train down the street with your homies. Mm -hmm. People who are still packing in the same amount of work, the same blue collar concept, but you know, going to go to train with Thor, making these crazy videos and stuff like that, it always concerns me. I mean, what are your true reasonings? Do you just want the likes, which would piss me off? Mm-hmm. Because you're the kind of person that might jump in, win one or two comps, and then fuck off and jump into another sport and another sport. In the long run, he's doing what's best for Larry Wheels. Sure. And that's the way it should be. It puts money on his fucking table and it feeds his family. But as a lover of the sport, I have to be like, well, <laughs> I don't fucking like that. You <laughs> yeah. know, I'm okay with saying that. Like, You, know, you have some guys, same thing with... Um, with that juju guy juju mufu right yeah who's a fucking super nice guy yeah and i have no problems with him personally but when i see you do a stone to shoulder and a fucking backflip and then you're like you're getting five hundred thousand views and you're sitting next to some of the strongest men in the world i'm like fuck man like you have an incredible platform mm-hmm. why not do this in a really general respectful way like really learn the sport the ins and outs sit with the the grassroots learn the the, the origins of the sport give it the respect man like yeah. If you went to any Olympic sport and clowned on it, mm-hmm. man, that, that wouldn't fly in most countries. It wouldn't fly in most circles. It most certainly wouldn't fly in my fucking gym if you're going to be a clown about it. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not personally calling these people clown, but it's just clown shit. Um, and yeah, that, that does piss me off. And I'm, I'm a person that's very opinionated within the four walls of my gym, sometimes on my Instagrams and stuff. But I'm very passionate about strength sports. It's yeah. It's something that I love. And I know the difference between somebody who's getting in a sport because they really love it, respect it, and cherish it, Mm -hmm. and somebody who's going to use it to make money and likes. And it's, at least on one spectrum, it's pretty obvious. I don't know Larry Wheels. I mean, the motherfucker really went to a comp. So hats off to him, dude. He didn't just fucking lift a stone. He actually Mm -hmm. went to train. He put time away from his family, Mm -hmm. his money, his friends, competed, and then went back to train again to go to the log lift championship soon. So... I'm kind of like, all right, motherfucker, like this, this is, that is a uh, better path. Yeah. So shit, man, I'm in the process of prove me wrong, dog. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's okay. This is reality. Don't, you know, it's, prove me wrong.
1: So do you, are you aware of what he finished? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, he second, took second, which is fucking bananas. Yeah. To, to jump into a comp like that yeah. at that strength level is yeah, pretty maybe. good for a guy who has, as you say all the time, it's one thing to be strong and it's one thing to develop a skill set yeah and it seems that for raw strength he can pretty much make himself competitive to a level so if you were let's say you're the mecca of strongman and you you make the decisions and you decide where people compete do you make him earn a card or do you try to get him to more shows so that you could grow the sport that's a good
0: question, Johnny. I love this. Um, I know what I would do, and I'd make him earn the fucking card. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not making this personal. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, well, I had to do this." And by well, I mean, I still sure. haven't earned my card. But what are we looking at here? And it's a lot with the pers- with the quote. I think the quote I used this at the beginning with the scene, the distance. Is what is the long game in that? Yeah. Do I give them everything easily? And he goes up there and spanks people and he's out of the sport in a year or two? Or does he feel the ups and downs of injury, pain? Does he meet people at the bottom? Is he there in those shitty shows that nobody watches? Is he going to tell his grandchildren in 15 years how proud he was that he was a strongman for four to five years? Are you going to build character around this person? Are you going to build a sport and the legacy behind somebody because they are earning it day by day, injury by injury? Or do I just go, hey, man, I can make a million dollars off this guy? Yeah, for one year, and then I bastardized myself. It's also called whoring yourself mm-hmm. for likes and views and money. And he fucks off, and he's like, "Well, I came in and I did what I wanted, and I just kind of ran to the show." And no, no yeah. appreciations made. I didn't get to appreciate him as an athlete. I didn't get to appreciate how good he can really be, and see like mm-hmm. greatness because who knows how great this young man can be. Mm-hmm. And just let him, and he'll never look at the sport as something that he found great. He just kind of went around it and did what he needed to do and walked off and i believe judging from just the fucking savagery that this man is i would say that he's, he's looking at kind of inching into the long road of he competed at an amateur level at an expo it wasn't like he he got gifted anything which yeah. is great and i it's hard in europe maybe it's a little different but in the states it's hard to be you need to earn your shit mm-hmm. and i and i'll i'd like to say that i hope that that's the perspective that the people around him are giving him kind of like a Hey man, put your time in, put some great shows in. At the same time, sure. he's not walking on with a 200 pound deadlift. This guy's probably going to log lift over 400. There's no reason why I'm going to make him go to like yeah. some rinky dink nothing because he's on his own way has earned the strength. Not like he just walked on. For sure. So yeah, I think he's going to have to earn his way up. I would totally make him get his pro card. I'd totally let him feel that man. It's sure. Like I have to at the long at the end of the day, he's still an athlete he still wants to win. I know he would love the feeling of winning this pearl card. I, I mean, I would assume so. He's a champion. He wants to go to the Arnold's and win or he wants to win a, a national level show. Right. Like, why would I, I, sometimes we're so eager to watch these young people fly so fast and then they burn and then you're like, well, fuck it, we'll find another one. It's almost like the music industry, dog. It yeah. was like, oh, this is a phenom. Let's get them up in two years and you pump them full of drugs and they're up and up and up and then they're hurt. Yep. And I know this because I've treated them. Even at a small, minute, collegiate level, you have the strongest kid on the team just pounding away on squats because he's a strong one. In a year, he's fucked. Yeah, Because they wanted him to see him fly so fast. A bunch of kid Icarus is running everywhere. (laughs) So no, I would never do that to him. I would make him earn that because I feel like that would build a love for the sport. And Mm -hmm. I think it would build his character. That's my perspective on that, obviously. I don't know him personally, but I think that would be the best way. And it looks, I mean, this motherfucker's...
1: Did you get a chance to see the the post interview? Uh, at the show? No. Okay. So he did say, and this could be, again, it could just be for people, the people, or it could be, you know, just respecting the people he competed against, saying, I'm doing this. But he did say, I'm going to hang up powerlifting for a while. I want to pursue strongman.
0: Fuck. see, I'm, like, look, and the reason why, I, okay, it's beautiful. I knew we were going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when we're going to watch a movie. Yeah. I barely watched the previews because yeah. I'm to have a genuine organic opinion. And the more I look at his interviews, the more I'm going to be like, uh, I'm going to start to sway. Mm-hmm. And what I say seems like, not even knowing that he said that, I feel like that's his path right now. Originally, you were witness. So I was like, fuck that. Yeah. This is bullshit. He's here for likes and it's bullshit. Yeah. And I, that's why I kept that opinion within my walls and to my friends. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's see what he does. I don't need to jump on anyone's fucking bandwagon just because they're strong. I don't need to be nice to you because you're cool. Like in my book, you have to earn my respect because that's the way it was for me. That's the way I treat my friends. That's the way my friends treat me. Uh, (laughs) That's the way my mom treats me. Like you got to earn that shit. I'm like, si senora. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Um, And look, three, four months down the line, even the community is kind of like, damn. Yeah. Like at first I was like, yeah, whatever. He shouldn't have said he's going to be one of the top guys. Maybe he just said that. And I'm thinking, look at his interviews now that he's done the sport. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, 400's coming. I feel pretty good. And he's like, <sighs> and uh, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yes. see that's like he's looking, he's more respect building it. So to answer your original question, what it, what does it do for the sport? It could do many things. And I think it's equaling itself out, but it has to be genuine. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it for the fucking likes, say it. Say sure. it. Sure. But if you're gonna do it for the general sportsmanship, and I think that punch in the gut of going to a real strongman show Mm -hmm. seems to be kind of swaying them into the way of, hey man, I gotta really put
1: some time into that. You know what, as someone who's competed, you've won, you've lost, I find this really interesting. So, and I'll make a couple, I'll bring up a couple (coughs) people. Most importantly would be the LeBron, remember? Mm -hmm. Not one, not two, not three. Mm -hmm. I always thought that being angry at somebody for wanting to win multiple times was really weird. Like they, they bastardized LeBron because he said, I want to come here to win multiple championships. Right. And everyone was like, Man, you can't win multiple <laughs> championships. What do you think you are? So, yeah. So, in the perspective of Larry Wheels saying, Hey, man, I, I want to be top five. Yeah. Like, why should we annihilate him for that? That's what he wants. That's his goal. Like, he may never see it. Yeah. But you say all the time, it's mindset. Yeah, if you don't think you can be a champion, you'll never right. be a champion. So
0: and and, and I and I was like, again to not go back on my statement because that's a really good point. If you, in my eyes, have not earned the right to say something like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. So, Larry Wheels, who's never done a single strongman competition, saying he's gonna be third in the world, to me, is gonna be like, no fucking way. Yeah, and that's okay. Benny's doing well. I'm like, oh, okay, will change my mind mm-hmm. now. In two, three years, when he's just winning and he stays in the sport, he's like, I'm going to be top five. I'm like, well, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you've earned it. You know, like anybody after LeBron, first of all, Phenom, most of his life, he didn't really start talking like that until he won his first championships and started winning MVPs. And, you should talk like that. Mm-hmm. What do you want your champions to be? I understand the humility concept, and I get it, but we want somebody that wants to win. I do. Mm, i mean course. why would i hang out with somebody's like oh you're gonna win more championships well i guess i hope so i mean i don't really know i'm like get the fuck off my team dog like mm-hmm. why would i want you there so i always feel that somebody has to earn the right to to have that confidence sure and i obviously coming from how strong he is in powerlifting i'm assuming that's where it comes from like hey dude like i'm not a chump and he's right he's not a chump right so but at first because he's new to the community and i'm i'm a I'm a human being and I'm a small child too. I'm like, no, you can't have our (laughs) toys fucker, you know? Like, but that's common. But I'm kind of like, earn it and look, man, he put his second place, he's doing his shit. Okay. Like, it's okay to say to somebody, earn my respect. I don't know when the fuck that became poor. And it's like, no, dude, you don't walk in and make friends with nobody. Yeah. You walk in and you earn your shit. And that's kind of what he's doing now from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing from you too. And I think that's fantastic. But again, yeah. If you just come onto my scene Like yeah I'm gonna win Florida Strongest Man I'm like No you're not <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you You know what I mean now, yeah. now if you come in You have 20 shows And you're really strong You're like I'm going Florida Strongest Man I'm like oh, You might <laughs> Get the
1: <my laughs> fuck out of here of you're,
0: Yeah you're hit by
1: a pipe uh, yeah. Well that's That's awesome perspective Cause I uh, Definitely I think Only a competitor Can understand Well not only a competitor But people who I don't ever believe this Like it's just a game Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, And And, and it's just a game, as said by people who have never won. Yes, and you've and you've never. You're played. not my people. Yeah, and I'm not even like I'm not a strength athlete who's been in all these competitions, you know. And but I've competed in a lot of life. Yeah, <laughs> you know. That's a good fucking. I like that a lot, by the way. Um, so right. moving forward, so you have had a a, a big couple of weeks. You've been yeah. busy, and I'm not saying you're. Super important, but I'm not (laughs) not saying that. And uh, I recently got to attend your Iron Knight seminar. Oh, thank you. So uh, I'll start on my half by saying thank you to them. They're very gracious hosts. Yeah, Iron Knight Jim, shout out to you guys. They did a great job. Yep. Yeah. the Setting everything up, being courteous, making sure everyone was taken care of. Yeah, it
0: was pretty cool because Corey and Ivy have been buddies of mine. We've been in the same strength scene for a while and uh, Iron 9 gym and, and Grocery powerlift um, they reached out to well, uh, they reached out to me about the seminar. Buya talked about this briefly. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Yo, I'm ready." I'm like, "Fuck, well, I I've been ready, but I'm like mm-hmm. but I was kind of like, "Oh fuck, no, this is really happening, you know?" Yeah. I haven't done a seminar in like 4 years. Huh. Um, you know, and they reached out, and they they opened their doors for us. We set on a good uh we opened up a good charity. We we started promoting it together. So again, yeah, shout out to these guys. Um Great people, great, great gym. When I was mm. jelly. Wow! And uh, we had a great. They had a great
1: community there too. Very receptive. What a facility! Um, so you said you hadn't done a seminar in four years until that one. Can you just tell me, because I don't know, uh, how many seminars have you done? Oh, so, so the history was
0: when I first started in Miami. It was, uh, typically, is a pretty shitty city when it comes to spreading your idea. Typically, people see it as a, a competition. Mm. But since Starman was so new And everyone was catching a buzz Everyone went oh why don't we do a seminar Originally I did three seminars all free Mm. Because that's what you do When you're building a business You have to eat your shit sandwich And we'd have these three or four hour seminars On the log to clean the values of Strongman Just kind of it's my raw source Of why I think people should be doing
1: Strongman How long was the gym open? Uh, It had been open about almost two years So two years in is when you started doing seminars Still for free
0: Correct. Mm. Two years in, already after my first year, again, after my first competition, I didn't call myself a strongman or a strongman gym until I competed almost twice. And this was, remember, I was a personal trainer for three years prior to that. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like I just jumped on the scene and been like, hey, cool, I'm ready. I'm yeah. on, you know. I'm So um, we did seminars at different CrossFit gyms, but as much as there were 30, 40 people, quickly they were never welcoming back and because everyone they were afraid that i was going to take their clientele which i totally i totally understand i get it um so i said hey come back and they're like "Uh, you know and then a couple people that would come over to my gym they were kind of being like criticized by their other buddies like thinking that i was going to take them i'm like look i'm at a crossfit gym anyways long story short i didn't do a seminar for years i wanted to avoid that because i was getting really pissed off because Mm. I wasn't trying to take your money. I felt disrespected. I did two, three, four hours by myself in my own car. I took a 200-pound stone, a log, a keg, an axle, all my 2001 accord by my fucking self in mm-hmm. the day with nobody because there was only like three of us that trained. Yeah, and I called a couple buddies of mine, my friend Rick that's been around, a couple guys, Vinny that's from the OGs, but I was very raw, man. I was by myself throwing things there with Megan helping me out, and now look, we rolled 30 deep, but... Mm-hmm. Again, and I bring this up because I'll bring it back later about eating your shit sandwich, but uh, and it came to fruition in the sense of I needed to be better. If I'm yeah. looking back now at those seminars, I'd probably be like, ugh. But after two years of being injured and really putting down into science, I said, okay, let's do our 1020 strongman. 1020, deriving from Brian Carroll's concept and Power Rack strength of the philosophy and methodology of ten twenty, meaning 24-7 athlete, how to really train longevity into everything and adapting that into a sport where I feel is almost reckless in many cases. Not so much anymore, but originally extremely reckless. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's make a seminar that's not opinion-based only. It's not a he said, she said, or under the umbrella of, well, if it works for you, which I think is a, a big load of bullshit sometimes, and let's do it. Let's do something that's fundamentally sound in science, with you know Mike Eijuto's study and the scientific studies of 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 strength training, um, you know understanding deload and percentages and metabolic decay, when to deload, everything that we've kind of taken from powerlifting, which originally took it from weightlifting, mm-hmm. but shifting it in a way that makes sense to the strongman and in strength in general. I I, I called it 10 20 strongman. But it's general, since strongman inv- envelops so many things, like mm-hmm. bodybuilding, like, you know, powerlifting, obviously strongman training, anaerobic training, aerobic training and dieting and et cetera, et cetera. And we did and we had a successful turnout and we basically wanted that. I wanted it to people leave there not necessarily be like, this is what Michael thinks. Yeah. But this was what Michael suggesting with a scientific base that maybe I can apply this to my everyday training so that I can do whatever the fuck I want for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I, sh- I always still stand by this, that you should be doing a former strong man. Yes. I say that. So did McGill. And I quoted that it's in our fucking podcast. You it were sure there.
1: Is. I was there.
0: And, um, and we did. And it was, you know, <laughs> what kind of rep scheme should you do? Why do you deload? How do you deload? And something I talked to Paul O'Neill, one of my great teammates and, and become a really good friend of mine. Who's a fucking G bro. This guy's this, this guy who knows what he's doing. Like I, I fold. I'm like, okay, man, tell me the science, you know, like <laughs> yeah. let me learn from you a little bit. And I explained to him my seminar, and he's like, hey, man, you know, we're on to something. I said, yeah, I feel like we are. And I think strongman comes from a very kind of, oh, okay, so if yoke works for you every week, but it doesn't work for me, that's cool too. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, no. that's how you get hurt. And it's not okay, that that concept, that umbrella, like we said in the seminar, the umbrella which is all over strength that if it works for you and it works for that guy it's cool too no no so it's like oh man i love math. <laughs> i can do math and go to work i'm cool oh cool bro yeah so it works for you no no Math still sucks <laughs> it's not good for you like let's be real like it's not okay like drinking a lot look yeah i love to drink I'm, i love my whiskey bottle I am not condoning it. It sucks, it's not good. No, it doesn't work for me. No, I just push through, it's not okay, you know? And that's the same thing as strength training. The yoke is actually loaded. Should you train it consistently? No, it's the most damaging one. Should, if you're really good at, you know, at skill acquisition, where are you in your, sk- uh, in your level, where your strength, your mobility, do you have any injuries? Are you getting ready for a car? Co- I mean, there's a, so many questions to ask. Yeah. And it is not okay to just be like, do it every week. You know, yeah, you I'm suck really- at stones do that's what i did I did Can you imagine the first thing they told me like, do you just suck at stones do stones every week <laughs> i loaded 25 reps of the stones every week for like three months because that's how you get better stupid like really stupid we just, that was the information given to me yeah so we sat down with that seminar and we had a lot of great questions and it was kind of just changing the game i feel like this is this is really going to be a a, a statement and, um, and I'm just tired of seeing people do stupid shit. You know, if you're going to do something stupid, give me a, a reasoning more than it works for me. Yeah. Because that is really the beginning of just insane amount of bad decisions. And then that it works for you and works for me is a cancer. Mm-hmm. It spreads into your clientele. It spreads to your teammates. Oh, you know, I deadlift every week. It works for me. He goes, no, see, that does, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You're just pushing through. So yeah it might work for you now But you're cutting off years of good training And that's a scientific fact It's not a it's going to work for you concept Don't make your statements on the outliers Sure You and me are not the Larry Rios of the world man Because he can deadlift an incline 500 every week It's not going to work for you and me Like typically it won't
1: And we don't know that he even does that That's just what he puts
0: out Right and everyone's like oh man he does it I'm like stop stop it stop it right now That guy's you know on another level and you're right I bet he has a whole concept and a whole system. That's just what goes on the internet. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he knows what the fuck he's doing. Wait, he can't, but he has no time to sit there and tell you about his particular programming unless you talk to him personally. It's a business. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, we had a really great session on that one.
1: I I was there, and it was it was great. Um, as somebody who's you know getting ready for Miami's baddest, somebody who really appreciates strength in general, who's really informative and a really nice. MDLP meets science. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: I felt really good in my glasses. I brought them today, but I get hot. when I, ah,
1: I wore mine because pfft, I'm you cute. Look great. Yeah, wow, I can't wait to go live. <laughs> um, so listen. So, uh, I was curious to know when you're breaking down or you're prepping for your seminar. How how were you able to kind of select what you were going to talk about, and then because I know you. And you have a lot of knowledge. And I would say that I would think your biggest challenge would be to condense everything and go, okay, these are the most important. So what was the process in terms of breaking each one down? Because I picture it as like the wall with all the lines and the strings. (laughs) Like the fucking uh,
0: beautiful mind thing. I'm just looking into a window and I find an equation. Yeah. I know why birds move. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Great movie. um, So funny. I, I started with simple ideas Mm -hmm. i would say that i came into many things simplistically i was not very talented and as far as the knowledge of training 10 years ago when i started this game and i'm still i feel that i'm there so i came from in out meaning i stuck to the basics first i found what is the most efficient first and then i started expanding outward to Things I didn't understand so well, like uh, force and speed and actual physics of accommodating resistance. And you're looking at dynamic and the science of the spine and the pole arm and the cellular level. That didn't come first, nor mm-hmm. did I pretend to start on that. Yeah. Um, because I was like, yo, if I can't squat perfectly, there's no reason why I should go too crazy into metabolic decay. Not that you shouldn't spread your fucking knowledge. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just telling you, start with the basics. hmm So, long story short, when I needed to develop a program and a seminar, I started with the first curiosity that made me. What matters most? What is the most important thing to understand? And then give me some of the outline reasons of why this is important. Rather than me starting from the outside and explaining this crazy skeletal, biomechanical, neurological structure... mm -hmm. And then shoving it down your throat and then telling you why the squat
1: works now those decisions were made um did you find it difficult to balance like okay this is why from an athlete's perspective versus this is why from a coach's perspective
0: always is always difficult in the sense of making that my living as a personal level but it's never difficult for me personally applying that Mm -hmm. um it's always hard to define the line of coach and athlete. For me personally, as far as, you know, my emotions and things like that. When it comes to talking to somebody, I treat everybody like they're a two-year-old child. And not in a disrespectful way. Sure. If somebody comes to me for information, I'm going to give them all the information, even if I think they understand it. So if I'm talking to a high-level strongman and they ask me, well, what do you think of the yoke? I'm not going to be like, well, you know the yoke, so I'm not going to talk like that. I'm be like, Well, this is where it starts from the beginning. So you have an equal chance of understanding. I'm giving you everything, Mm -hmm. whether you've heard it 10 times or not, because sometimes the 11th time has a couple things different. And that's what's going to stick. Just like cues. Stay tight, stay tight. And then somebody tells you, you know, tuck your asshole in. You're like, whoa. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Even though you understand that you have to stay tight. Mm -hmm. And that is, I feel the same way when you're relaying information. I'm going to give you from the beginning to everyone's, to me, I treat everyone like a new athlete, even if I feel like they're advanced in many ways, and in some ways, even on another coaching level, I can't express myself honestly and in a genuine fashion if I'm going to change who I am based on who I think is watching me. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm not like that as a person. Second of all, I'm like that as a coach or an athlete, because it relays. Now, if I have a really high level athlete, am I going to shrink next to them as a coach or an athlete? absolutely not i'm gonna rise to the occasion if i'm next to a champion i'm gonna act like a fucking champion because i am a fucking champion if i'm next to the best coach in the world i'm gonna ask like i'm gonna try to ascend to that level i don't know arrogant way but i'm not gonna be a point where like oh i don't i mean i get, i mean yeah sh- no because that doesn't give that person the respect of getting to know who i really am right so when i talk to a crowd everyone's equal i'm trying to give them all the honest genuine thing instead of thinking well, five of those guys are good power lifters. There's three levels from, um, okay, so, I mean, I get, no, yeah. you'll be there all day. So, when I picked it, honestly, I tell you what, I I did the whole thing within the hour as far as outlining. Mm. Again, two years of fucking prepping for something like this. I yeah. mean, just give me the chance, coach, you know, put me in the game. Like yeah. I have this. Let me just, just give me that chance. Obviously, I feel like there's a lot of things I can develop and get better at and, of course. I mean, I'm hungry to get better at, at, at seminars and push, piecing things together. But no, nah, it wasn't a problem for me at all because I know both worlds. Yeah, I know what it is to be a shitty athlete. I know what it <laughs> is to be a shitty coach. I'm yeah. like, hey, I think this is the most important. And here's why based on talking to great coaches, talking to great athletes, and the fundamental roots that are at least relatively derived from quantitative studies, mm-hmm. not well, I train five girls and this is just the way it's going to be. Even though that's somewhat helpful in our world because we're still growing, we're still discovering, we're still experimenting, but there's still some fundamental bases that are relatively solid in science and that's what we should develop our perspectives on, not just it," You know, it works on her, so yeah, cool. I mean, right. that's yeah. kind of dangerous.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, here's something that's interesting. From your personal opinion, how many strength or, or just seminars... Do you think gyms should do a year to be successful and then to also go with that how many seminars do you think an athlete who wants to be you know a world class powerlifter or a strongman how many seminars do you think they should attend
0: Good question and I'll answer that with uh, you can't put that into a number or anything quantitative mm. uh, and I tell you this because when somebody asks me about my jello or level of experience I cannot, like, somebody, I read this list, I think I did it in an episode before, too, or I wrote something about it. What makes a good coach? And they're like, oh, how many, you know, if you've trained high-level athletes, you get five points. If you read, like, ten books? I'm like, okay, cool. Was that, s- I think it was maybe Dave Tate's list, something on the FTS FTS or something like that. It was a point system. Yeah. And I was like, I get it, you know, because he's trying to find a system to, to identify this. But, yeah. And I, re- I, I was talking to about the gym and maybe you in an episode. You I don't know. It was one of our episodes. Uh, you can't put certain things into a quantitative number because there's mm-hmm. a lot of sacrifice going on. So what one coach can get in 10 seminars, one really good attentive coach can get in two. Mm. Now, also, what kind of uh, seminars are you attending? Are you attending these ego-driven? You know, Are you going to people because it's just basically hearing a celebrity talk? Sure. Or you actually going to people who study biomechanics, science, and who's the boring shit that nobody wants to attend to? That's gonna cost you eight hundred dollars, yeah. because it's it comes from studies and people that put money into school, rather than something like fifty bucks, where it's like, oh, this is my opinion, or, you know. And again, this is that dangerous line between degrees and mm-hmm. trench warfare, and it's you gotta dance on that line, you know. Some sure. people true never went to school, and are, their seminars are worth. Every fucking penny I would hope to put myself one there, there one day And you got guys That off all this shit and, You know They're still talking about Doing shit on a BOSU ball And you're like This is fucking pathetic <laughs> But you should experience both Yeah You should leave some seminars And go That was a waste Of my fucking time and money mm-hmm. I'll never do that And that builds a great coach That might take Ten shitty seminars For you to find The one good one. Eleven. Well guess what I found two th- Three good ones at once Boom 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 yeah, I'm like oh fuck You don't really know when to stop As far as to give that number I don't think there is a limit at all But you gotta do it all the time That's What about
1: it. seminar types to pursue Say for mm-hmm. example like Your seminar was based around Science and application to strength What about like something like that Should I go And do something for mobility Should I go do something for nutrition um, Do you think an athlete should pursue all of those? If you really care about your craft,
0: there is nothing in this world that does not relate to what you love. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And you should write that fucking shit down. If you love something, if you really love something, everything in your life applies to it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's meditating, martial arts, the relationship with your family, nutrition, mobility, uh, therapy, both physical and mental. All these aspects, science, biomechanics, neurology, uh, with new studies on cancer so you avoid what to eat, shit food that, that you're probably eating in abundance because you think it's cool because you're a power After Everything. I just saw a fucking thing with Brian Cox on, on the Joe Rogan show talking about quantum physics and the existence of life and him saying that in reality we don't understand if there's any other conscious mind in this world right now. That the only, under, the only concept we understand that what's happening as far as people that have meaning is only happening right now. This is a theory. Life is in spurts. Maybe we never, life has never run into each other. It just happens in these flickers of time throughout the billions of years. So let's say we're now with the only flicker of meaning. Mm. There is no conscious life anywhere in the universe. Let's just assume. That means the only thing that fucking matters right now is this fucking second right now, right? Mm. To training, that's, <laughs> I go, oh. I'm like, he's a quantum physicist and he's talking about like neurons and then the electron and black holes and then wormholes and I'm like, well, in training, nothing else matters but that one single moment you have because that is the only existence in your universe.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I know it sounds silly, but when you love it, you're like, oh, that relates to training. That yeah. relates to coaching. That relates to being an athlete. That relates to being a fucking good person, etc." And if you apply that, everything matters. So to go back to your story, I mean, your question, every single seminar you attend, whether it's about something, even C- look at the explosion of CBD. Mm-hmm. Two years, three years ago, if I told you to go to a CBD seminar because you're an athlete, most people would have been like, I'm not, I don't smoke weed, dog. I don't give a fuck. Now, everyone's like, oh, well, the science behind CBD is. I'm like, you see? And now everyone's sponsored by CBD people because it relieves pain, because there's actual CBD receptors, because there's inflammation, digestive issues, because it helps you be a better athlete. It mm-hmm. helps you feel better as a person, so you compete better. And if I would have told you that two years ago, you were like, I don't fucking need that. <laughs> yep. Now, look, as a coach, you better understand it. Yep. You better understand that your athletes are going to ask you about CBD. As an athlete, you better understand that, for the most part, you can use it. Mm-hmm. So never, ever, ever, if this is truly something you love and you have time and the resources and the funds, there is no limit to what you should go out and learn. Mm-hmm. Now, if there is money and time issues, sure, by mm-hmm. all means, start to make your choices a little bit more acute if you're a true coach you don't have that option mm. you've been gifted a position you're going to have to go to everything you can get your hands on yeah, and sure. you should never stop hosting and you should never stop going and i would say that about everything in general but mostly training mm.
1: it's a good point i uh, it's funny i i kind of had a little bit of a rant a couple years ago i blew my ankle out blew my ankle out playing basketball. and That had been my fourth year in a row. Major injury. And this older guy that I knew that from the gym, he comes up to me and he's like, dude, you're always hurt. Why don't you just stop? Mm. And I really loved basketball at that time. I hadn't found a passion for weightlifting yet. And then I was like, you know what, Gary? <laughs> Classic Gary. Gary, piece of <laughs> shit. So I looked at him and I said, Why don't you give your wife up every time she hurts your feelings? Every time your kids don't want to hang out with you because they don't like daddy that much. Why don't you hang that up? Wow, oh, Gary Gergich. And he was like, Fuck. Excuse me? And I was like, How dare you tell me to give up something that I love? Yep. And I was like, You do that in your life and I'll follow your lead. I'm gonna go fucking be Gary. I'm gonna wear my white shoes and high socks. (laughs) I got tennis. I don't need this shit. (laughs) So fuck you, you, Gary, if you're listening.
0: Yeah, Gary Gergich. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you what. I couldn't agree more, man. And it it's more than a sport in many ways, but it's not okay to say that if you're not practicing that. Sure. And that leads me to a lot of different concepts, and I can go on and on about that. But it's not. It's not. If you say, oh, it's not a sport to me but you only practice that in parts of your life, you're fucking phony. It's not okay to say it's more than just powerlifting, but you're a shitty athlete or you're a shitty coach or you don't really study the sport or you don't give a fuck or you don't help people or you have negative energy or you talk shit. If that really is that more than just that, if you've really given your life for this fucking sport, then yeah, you can say, hey, man, it's more than just powerlifting, which is very few people. If not, you can just say, hey, man, it's just powerlifting. It's fun. Chill. I'm like, okay, you can say that. And that's okay that you said that. But I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> because I made it about my life. I opened a fucking gym. I made my own competitions. I made my own fucking rules. And I feed my family on this, dog. It's more than just strength. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah." And I told, just know your fucking role. Mm. Just know it. If it's not if it's more than powerlifting to you, show it, express it, and m- prove me wrong, in a sense. Mm-hmm. If it's just powerlifting to you, act accordingly. Don't just say it's more than powerlifting to you when things don't go your way, and then when things go against you, you just say, oh, it is just powerlifting. Like when you get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just powerlifting. I'm going to focus on something else. But three months ago, when you hit a PR, you're like, it's more than life. Mm. That's not fair. Yep, That is like, why don't you just walk away in your life when, on your wife when things are hard? Yeah. Because you're in love, dog. You're trying to anyway, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I get super sassy about things. I hear it all the fucking time. And it'll be a subject that we end with because it is more than, than that to some people. Yep. But know your role. You can't just say that to people that I think have earned the right <clears throat> to say that more than you have. And that, I'm okay with saying that. I think there's, that's a really good point. Yeah, there's some people that... Have earned that right a little bit more than you, and it's nothing in life is fair. It shouldn't be equal.
1: It shouldn't. <laughs> <It's> no, <not. laughs> I mean, and that's general rules to making yourself better. Right. If you get handed everything, how do you enjoy the taste of victory?
0: And I don't. And I want to say clearly that it's it's not about time in the sport per se. Although that's a fucking factor. Sure. But I know guys that have been doing this two, three years have done more for the sport than people that have done it for ten or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Because. They're ten, 15 years in some fucking dingy basement, hating everybody, excluding people, complaining about everything, but never doing anything about it. Sure. Who come to me and they're like, "Well, I've been doing this for fifteen years." I go, "I've been doing this for eight. I'm a bigger deal than you, motherfucker." Mm-hmm. Because those, like, cause I don't see, there's no tomorrow for me. Yeah. So I do everything as much as I can. So what? Time is a part. Time is a tool, but don't. It's not the say all be all. And this is going out to a lot of young coaches and. And athletes out there, like, don't ever let somebody throw time at you because it's only a part of what makes you love a
1: sport. It's um, like relationships. I've been in 10 years. I go, but it sucks dick. <laughs> you know, like, stop. <laughs> and that's for anything, too. I mean, I yep. say that to people when they talk about relationships. You should, you're a fool if you think that loving someone or something has a fucking timeline. Oh, beautiful. It doesn't. Just not how it works. So anyways, you did say something there. When you said you've had your own comps, mm. I mean, there might be. <laughs> there's a rumor. There's a rumor. Allegedly, there's a competition come up. By the way, I clicked Miami's Baddest, the hashtag, and uh, scrolled way down. Oh, wow. Did you see my those, first one? Those first shirts were.
0: Well, okay. So we had just been in NOM. What numb. a difference. We've been in love, and there was a lot of heavy fire. Agent Orange, mm. fighting for freedom, thanks. No, um, thanks, man. I feel so safe now um yes that's a <laughs> great transition saved my life Um uh, but truly yes miami's baddest man fourth year and fourth installment is this year mm. we started way way early on and um with 28 competitors and now as of yesterday which is still seven weeks out i think we're at 68 and wow. i have to forcefully cap it at 80 because I'm gonna run two events with three lanes at a time, which is crazy. And uh, I can, I mean I, I don't talk about it all the time because it's crazy emotional. But year one was pretty much begging people to do my show, mm-hmm. and asking and accepting everybody. To now, it's like, look, it's you know, two fifty to get on my shirt. Um, it's cool if you don't want to be here. It's one hundred fifty to have a table. You know, proceeds are going to charity. This is the way it's gonna be. Telling people no, you can't sign up because I'm sold out. Um, to the point where I consider ourselves the biggest strongman competition in all of Florida. Even excluding novice, we're at 50 open lifters. Wow. So 50 of the 66, 67 are open lifters because novice is always a big class. So let's, and people are like, oh, it's because it's novice. I'm okay, exclude the novice. Let's say it's like, I think it's like 16 or 17 because one or two dropped out. I'm still 50 plus and I have seven weeks to go.
1: When in your first show with your twenty-eight lifters, what was that? It those was numbers. Ten novice. Ten. <laughs>
0: I had, I had three or four in each class. Um, we ran great events. It was still, I thought, an incredible show. And again, that's why people came back. Mm-hmm. I went from twenty-eight to fifty-three to fifty-eight, and now it's just. It's, I mean, I don't even like. I'm actually. I'm anxious because, I don't think I've seen a show have eighty people in Florida. I don't know if ever. I don't think I've been around the, but for a very, very long time. I remember shows barely broke 30. It was common, super common for shows to have 24, 25. Wow. And now we're at this level where I'm actually nervous about parking, which is such an incredible trouble, problem to have. <laughs> and, uh, and making a statement and having these, these athletes get recognition and look at that fucking promo video that they made for it. And it's just mm-hmm. this emotional feeling. I'm like, man, <laughs> for some of us, this is one of the most meaningful days. Of, for me, it's the most, one of the most important days of the year because I did this because this is what people that want to make a change do. Mm-hmm. You don't sit there and complain about shit. You fucking take action. I didn't like all the way shows were going. I didn't like that every fucking show was like Tampa, Orlando. It was like four hours away. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was no real strongman, quote unquote, strength community in the South. I knew that I can do something. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm not going to go to somebody else's show and complain. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to take things into my hand. War- more warm-ups, more implements, better, better judging, t- tons of the plate loaders, things are so, f- I'm, I'm going to fucking do it. Just like I did when I opened up the Battle Axe gym. There's no fucking straw man gyms. I'm not going to go to a cross the gym and bitch at the owner to get implements. I'm going to be like, cool. I'm going to open up my own fucking gym. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my own shit and my own rules. And I did it with the competition. And look at us now, like to the point where I'm like, well, if you don't like it, you can fuck off. And was like, oh, <laughs> You know, I'm like, I t- every year I have the same speech, Johnny, every year. I said, if you act out, you get fucked up. This is Miami. Mm-hmm. Not gonna, it's not going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. You follow the rules. You respect your fellow lifters. You respect each other. And you respect these fucking people who are taking a Saturday off for free to come see you and mm-hmm. load plates for you and cheer you on and pat you on the back. And I don't know if you've ever worked a show, what you have. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks. And if you work with me, you are like literally the most anxious person. Because I'm like, if you fuck up, I'll kill you. <laughs> Put this fucking plan. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, Have a great call. Co- I'll fucking kill
1: you right now. <laughs> you know, because I'm in my shit. Yeah.
0: And uh, and here we are, man. Year four. Um, pushing same great sponsors. People still in our community. Great shirts. You know, Storm Man Corporation, again, hooking it up for us. Like giving us a level two, obviously. It's more about proving yourself in that aspect. Yeah. And man, I'm super fuck yeah. And the shirts have
1: definitely evolved. <laughs> uh,
0: it's it's cool
1: to I don't if if anyone listening has the time, click on you know uh, search the Miami's Baddest. And yeah, not Miami's Baddest Girl because that happened to me. Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> um, different loophole. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. No, it's good to see so many buttholes in one, <laughs> in one shot. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah, and you get to said? you get to watch the progression. Yeah, Miami's really Baddest. Cool. If
0: you look, like, Miami's Baddest Man. And again, we changed it this year to Miami's baddest man, because that's Miami's baddest is because that's what people call it mm-hmm. you know and everyone's like oh you know with the gender issue I'm like look man I called it that for that reason but I do understand mm-hmm. that there's a lot more females in this sport mm-hmm. my first year I had five and I, I had to beg to get like eight and now the female population's good I'm like it's fair I don't mm-hmm. have to call it Miami's baddest man. we've always called it Miami's baddest so now it's just Miami's baddest you win there's not necessarily a man tied to it Mm-hmm. It's just Miami's baddest. And I say that because we've changed the name on that purpose. Because I feel like the female population is growing. They're being respectful of the sport. All right. Like, yeah. let's, let's be fair. Let's call it Miami's baddest. And you are the fucking baddest. You don't have to say I'm the baddest man woman, which is just a weird hashtag in general.
1: Yeah.
0: But we changed that name on purpose because that's the way it's evolved, too. It's, going, it's gone into, now we have like fucking 20 females, man. That's fucking bananas. In Florida, just getting more than five. Wow. It's a big deal. And it's like it's just I'm really proud of that shit. How I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's Miami's baddest man. Is, no. Miami's baddest because these fucking women have earned it. So these girls have been there three or four years.
1: Let me ask you. What what kind of hits you deeper in the fields? Every year you come to that, that gym anniversary? Or every year you host Miami's special <laughs>
0: oh, Uh, fuck. Mm, I don't man, that's a good question. Got me right in the gut. I would say that <laughs> The anniversary is always going to hit me a little harder Mm -hmm. just because that is taking just a vast amount of sacrifice and a lot of things that people will never know um, that maybe only my parents and my girlfriend will know because they see me. Mm -hmm. They know what I look like on two hours of sleep for a year. Um, But the Miami's Baddest is is very, very, very close because it's a direct representation of my dreams. It Mm -hmm. is a physical representation of... I don't want to just say sacrifice and paint myself some fucking martyr, but it most certainly is perseverance, knowing who you are, mm-hmm. sticking to your fucking guns and having and sticking to your people. Like that's my crew out there. Ugh. Like That's not just me anymore. Like We say "we." I remember. My fr- I, th- I said it in a post too, and my friend Randy from Idolmaker in Miami, he's like, "You know you're successful when you stop saying "I" and you start saying "we." Yep. And I don't think I've use "I" unless I personalize an opinion, and I wanted to exclude from the battle action. But that's us out there. Those mm-hmm. are waking up at four in the morning, killing themselves for for an us, so yeah. people can say the battle Axe shim. It happens to be real close to my friend's uh, anniversary of losing him, so that I'm like, it's an emotional fucking roller coaster that weekend. But mm-hmm. it is something very meaningful to me, and uh, it is like I said, it is the direct physical representation of change, and that is a beautiful thing. It is in the t- It's tangible it is it is it is more than just a feeling the air it is physical in form there is people there there is trophies and prizes but anyone that comes to those the Miami's baddest will tell you there is something in in the air of other respect because mm-hmm. it comes from me putting on a show not because it's just the right thing to do yeah so i really fucking wanted to do it and then i teamed up with people who really want to fucking do it yeah it wasn't just Joe Schmoes are like, yeah, I guess I'll load plates. Like, no, we're going to load plates. Because this, this is the shit right here.
1: Yeah. yeah. Man. That was a good question, motherfucker.
0: Ooh. Right in the fields.
1: Yeah, you know, I get you. Feelings, I hate that word. Fuck. Man, <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn it, Hey man Can we, <laughs> can we delete that? <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, I think that it's about that time. For the Q&A? Yeah. We haven't gotten text. we're getting
0: kicked out yet, have we?
1: No. Yes. I mean... I could or could not have set him to Do Not Disturb, so. (laughs) I could
0: or not have just maybe blocked his number. I don't think he was going to fuck with us. I don't know how this thing works. Yeah, my pet dinosaur here. (laughs) So we're going live right now, Johnny. All right.
1: We'll give it a second to load up because we got some questions that I think just, they're good. Mm. But yeah, I'm totally excited about that show. I'm actually excited to do it. Um, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going
0: to say this out here. Johnny Banks is doing novice man. Good for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a ground. B- How do you feel about
1: that? Um, I have this weird mindset that, and it happens to me every night. I go and I lay down and it's probably 10 o'clock and boom, start thinking about the events. And they start going through my head. Yeah. You and just, just can't stop that. And it doesn't turn off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so shout out to CBD for putting me to bed <laughs> because <laughs> if not, dude, my yeah, first it my first week of training for it, it was happening bad. And I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't think about anything else. But and it's funny because I had a conversation with Melissa about it. And she's like, why are you so distracted? Because I was, I was texting. Her, I'm like, I'm fucking up at work. Yeah. I'm doing it like I can't think about anything else. And she's like, I get it. She's like, I haven't seen you. And you know what? We do a lot of talking with the villains about just wellness. Right. Right. The mental wellness. Yeah, which is great. And what it's done, um, signing myself up for this comp, has actually reconnected me with wellness. And it's because there's a goal. And the focus on that goal has made me better in so many ways. Because now, like, I have to break up work and training. Yeah. So I lock into work. I go to work. Bam, bam, bam get out then i lock in the training bam 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 and then i turn training off and then it's time for home and it's it's made me a better person just yeah. being signed up
0: i mean like i just had this comment and then we'll get to the topics because happiness is not there's no end game mm-hmm. you see you, i mean if you're a lot like me in many ways and a lot of the people that are listening are like me there is no end game <clears throat> like there is the happiness is in the process mm-hmm. when you compete you think oh, i'm gonna be happy when i compete you're not you're gonna be an anxious wreck and it's gonna be the best worst day of your life
1: mm-hmm.
0: once you're done the next day all you want is the process again because that is happiness mm-hmm. it wasn't the competition it was that you trained for three or four months or something bigger than who you are that's what training is that's what life is that's what for me is my perspective when there's a forest on fire in the back of my fucking skull tattooed into that to remind me that there is no peaceful forest, lake, placid cabin waiting for me where I'm going to sit there and be docile and happy. I can't. And it's not in my genetics. I either set the forest on fire and try to turn it off and be like, this is great. I saved it. Or I understand that the, the story, the philosophy is in the building of getting ready for that comp. That's where your happiness is and you're experiencing it for the first time maybe in a while where you're like, I am piecing shit together. Yeah. Every day you wake up, it's a struggle. I'm tired, but I got to work. I made it another hour. You get to the gym you're like, but I finished and I'm sore. And I'm like, there is happiness. There yeah. is a process.
1: Yeah. And it, it's like lunch pail time every day. And <laughs> dude, yeah. it's funny cool. because we talk about it a lot. And I'm like, you're like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, man, I'm banged up. Yeah. on my way like, to go get after it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'll see you in two hours. Yep, yeah, It's, uh, it's what, awesome.
0: And I, I tell you that that brings me to the, to the concept too of this week. Were we into battle of the bay this weekend and uh we, congratulations to the lifters and to lewis up in, in nyc and to my lifters maria haddad vanessa and tomer who competed at battle of the bay shout out to everybody that was oh, there what a sweetheart that guy i'm not is. gonna yeah. fucking ignore the fucking drama that was there this weekend and i mean <laughs> drama because it was just crazy yeah. in the sense that i didn't think it was gonna happen sure um and i've been asked this a lot the only fucking reason why i'm bringing this up because I didn't want to make the show about it. It's because it's actually current. And you and me said we're gonna be honest and genuine about shit that's happening right now. That's right. That's influencing the strength community, and more importantly, within our strength world. I mean, this is in our house. It's Florida. It's Florida. It's right there. These are you know our friends and colleagues and 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 people behind the barbell that we respect. And I'll be. I'm gonna start off by saying what I'm gonna say. Then we're gonna fucking move on because I'm so sick of really discussing this. Because honestly. Somebody might say it has nothing to do with you, and I'll say it has everything to do with me, because there is a, now a wave of emotions traveling through the state where people are picking sides, and who you go with and where you compete defines you. And I fucking hate that, mm. because I will never let some outside influence that fuck it up. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say at this out, outright. That event and what happened does not define the people there. And yeah. I'm gonna—I have buddies and friends and respected colleagues on both sides of this story. And there's some that I favor more than others, and I'll be real with you. What I need to say, I'll say to their fucking faces if they ask for it. If they don't ask me for my opinion outside of my gym and outside of this podcast, what's the fucking point? Mm. I'm not going to ruin their day with me going, "Fuck you, buddy." I'm 34 <laughs> years old.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll go further and I'm say really that, young 34. Yeah. Though. Like a super like early on almost 35. I'm going to go on and say that what happened there should not be the defining moment for some of these people. Who I think, for the most part, everyone involved is relatively an okay person. Yeah. Because they're not like I know bad people. I've sat with them at a bar at three in the morning, mm. and they're t- they're telling me terrible things they do, and I'm like, "This, you guys, either going to stab me or buy me a drink." I've sat with real criminals. I've sat with killers, and like I said in the post, I've also trained them people who are. Criminals and liars and thieves, and we try the best we can. At the same time, we've trained, you know, special forces, people who are great believers, and all that shit. So, I'll go on and say that there's some people there like being crucified on both sides because of the events that happened. No, it shouldn't have gone that way. Mm. I'll fucking tell you flat out it shouldn't have gone that way, but it happened. The only thing that loses is the sport. Yeah. And you'll wake up in a few weeks on both sides and be like, fuck. Like, for what end? Now that kid who's on that couch watching these comments is petrified of where to compete. Yeah. Because is he going to be seen as some pussy fucking liar or some righteous person? Or is he on the cool side or the bad side? Are we on the school bus again? Yeah. Like, who gets the back of the bus? Who's the front of the bus? You're making somebody feel this way about powerlifting? Yeah. The only reason why we even got in this fucking gym together, and the only reason why a lot of us even got off the fucking couch or off the streets or... Preventing us from doing stupid shit was the barbell. Now, the only thing that suffers in the long run is the sport, and I'm fucking right. Now, how is it going to progress from here? Well, that depends on the people. The impact was made. The stone was dropped in the lake, and now we're dealing with the ripple effects. Fine. You want to make a statement? Make the fucking statement. Mm -hmm. But people like me and us who have to deal with the waves and the tidal waves and picking up the pieces, we're going to have to do the best we can. Not for you, not for this guy on this guy on this side of the barbell, not for that guy, but for the sport. And I'm always going to do what's best for the sport because that's always going to be what's best for the battle axe gym and the people that follow it. People have this weird idea that people are up my asshole that whatever I do is what the gym does. It's not. Mm-hmm. I always tell my people to question me, to, to think for themselves because I will not always be there. So it can be tomorrow and it's over. Always do the right thing for the sport because that is going to be there for the long run. To catch up on everything, I think some stupid shit was said on both sides, and I'm not gonna paint anyone a fucking angel or saint, but I'll tell you straight up, everyone involved, hopefully, and will, definitely do what's best for the fucking sport. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be the long run, and the always perspective that I'll have. If you want my fucking opinion, find me at a meet, dog. I've never been so fucking shy, I'm from the streets. I will literally <laughs> tell it to your fucking face. That's why I hang out with goons, just in case I lose. <laughs>
1: And just get the villain camp. You have 50 guys. Yeah, oh, it's exactly. I'm like, oh, I know bad motherfuckers. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, we we're get, a little capped for time. Did we get the text? Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So let's, do, uh, let's do a question or two more up.
1: Yeah. All right. So, we're going to jump to, and listen, um, I will forward to the guys who sent me questions directly. I'll forward your questions to Mike. Okay. And either he can reply to me and I'll reply to you, or you can send it directly to him. Um, i think this one really rocks us both so uh handsome hank hey. barbell once again hits us with a good question what do you think is the biggest wake-up call for powerlifters venturing into strongman for the first time
0: um i'll go ahead and almost shock on these questions if you want then we'll dm mm-hmm. them closer sure i think the biggest thing is that they're not going to be as perfect as you think um i think that numbers and events are not as perfect as the kilos on the, on the barbell things don't run as planned things are a little bit off they're odd objects but it's also comfortable with being uncomfortable that is the mm-hmm. definition of the sport um, things may change on the fly so that perfect little setup standard that powerlifting have that is great and can breed certain things is completely eradicated within seconds and strong and if i decide we don't have enough kegs we're doing farmers so the same attitude that you have in Strongman of accomplishing and beating everything is the hardest transition for powerlifters who are so used to everything, being so fucking cute and perfect. It's fucking Strongman, dog. If you like that perspective, stick to powerlifting.
1: You said something at the Iron Knight gym. You said, I don't remember. I'm going to kind of say it. You said, first the weights want to hurt you. Yeah. Then they never want
0: to be your friend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. They yeah. always
0: want to fuck you up. That barbell does not sit pretty on you ever.
1: Yeah, and I'm finding that in strongman. <laughs> Everything, everything's the Russian from Rocky Four. Yes. <laughs> that would break you. That would break you. Um, okay, here's another good one. What kind of rehab work would you recommend for a strong man or woman athlete? And here's some examples: Cairo, muscle scraping, massage, cupping. And what should be those focused muscle groups?
0: Um, first of all, if you're going to do rehab, I think that if you focus on muscle groups, your PT probably needs to evolve. I think that it's chains, it's entire muscle groups in the sense of how they work biomechanically. So if your shoulder hurts and your PT is only working on your shoulder, I think it's time you find the new PT. They should be working on an entire kinetic chain starting from the tippy toe all the way up. Mm. Um, in muscle groups in general, I, I would never just dictate to one. I would make them reflect upon where you're lacking the most. Um, mobility so if you have shitty shoulders man you should be working on your scapula the low back your chest your neck your throat all these muscles the scalings and that's very case to case there is no one specific muscle group that i would say don't worry about it because mm-hmm. guess what i didn't worry about my calves and i tore it to shreds six weeks before my uh, florida strongest man because oh my god the fucking calves well i fucking tore it so forearms fingers bicep tent all that shit needs to be again what part of your car should you avoid taking care of well none
1: yeah and more importantly, when you're in comp prep, it should be even more of absolutely a focus.
0: because you're crushing your body. So, to answer your question, everything, and it should be entire chains, and your PT should be on the same page.
1: Okay, we got one last question, and I'm if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I know this guy. Well, at least I've seen him. He won Florida's Strongest, I think, heavyweight. It's <laughs> El Toro Forte. Yeah, no, which is French for gosh. Heck and John are so handsome. That's like totally French. It's also Norwegian, so it's I'm, like worldwide. Who would have thought he made that Whatever. Name? What a guy. Whatever. He, and you've touched on this. Um, you touched on it kind of like as like a newer athlete. But well, this is a guy who's competed. So let's kind of apply it to him because he's competed and won. Um, how often should a strongman athlete compete? And how selective should they be in the contest that they choose? So we did that, and we did it as kind of like a newer athlete learning there. But this is a guy who's kind of accomplished.
0: Yeah, so again, it depends on your level of competency and skill acquisition. If you're highly skilled, you don't need to compete often. You should start pinpointing what is more valuable to you. Mm -hmm. World records, uh, national qualifiers, worldwide qualifiers, how often is highly dependent on your ability to recover and your ability to make the proper choices during training protocol. So it's extremely subjective, but it takes more responsibility the higher you get on the, on the mountain climbing. When you're a lesser athlete, not pushing the human limits, you should be able to compete three to four times a year because your skill acquisition is low. You need to gain more experience for more implements, which involves involving yourself in more competitions, so you're varied in what you get, but also you're not pushing the human limit you're actually at a much lower percentage of what your body can do, thus allowing you to get into heavier and more consistent training cycles. But eventually that will fade. So the lesser athlete or the lesser skilled athlete can compete more often until they run into a position where their body now is starting to get high skill and high amount of human capacity. And then you have to compete less because at that point you're more broken down and now you have the ability and the strength and the skill to pinpoint pinpoint your competitions you want to do to advance yourself to further your goals, whether it's being a professional or competing around the world. So, it's very subjective, but it makes sense if you know how to climb. Mm. Wow! Mm. Did you see that? What just what a speed just, round. I fucking stutter on that <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> dog. God. 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 God, that's impressive. I'm Hope uh,
1: everyone saw that. We're actually going to do a raffle after this. If anyone uh, meets yep. us in the parking lot, five dollar raffles. The prize is unknown our backwashing
0: our, <laughs> our backwash and our bang <laughs> um, I believe I, we have people waiting for us to get out of this one so they want to see us is what I'm thinking I think they want to hang out with us first yeah, of all yeah. Tell them, we'll give them five bucks so we're buying some food outside but so Johnny I think we had a great fucking episode um, we fit into about an hour or so I think that um, I'm really happy with things that were said and I think that we're in the I think this current event thing is something I'm really happy with to be honest with you um, yeah 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 so I'm going to close off by saying um, I think it's important that we go back to the beginning of this episode and listen to the quote about sight and seeing distance. I think too many times as coaches and athletes we are very emotional people. This sport and this world has something that draws us to have a little bit more control about our emotions because our emotions can seep and run away from us. I would go on and further say that always discipline your emotions because they can really take away foresight on things. And that happens both on a personal level and as a coach level and as seen forward. Again, let me reiterate this. If you love something, there is no end game. There is no, when I get here, it's over. It's how you get there that matters. And everything I fucking promise you, because tomorrow is not promised. Meaning that the next 24 hours, the next 10 hours, the next 10 minutes, the next second has to have absolute fucking value. So yes, it is important to see the future. It is important to see over the horizon, but never be blind to controlling the single step-by-step moments because in essence, what you do in the present matters for eternity. I fucking swear it. And that is what Legacy is about. Thank you for tuning in to Battle Axe Podcast, Episode 10. John, you've been fantastic. To everybody who tuned in live, thank you again. I think this is a fucking good day and the beginning of many great things. Cheers. Cheers.